Hello, and welcome to the Clear Studies Podcast, where we're learning the word together. I am your host, Bishop A. Reginald Littman. I look forward to sharing today's teaching with you. Stay tuned. It is such a joy and a delight to share with you in another episode of the Clear Studies Podcast. I am so delighted and thankful to you for listening and tuning in. Well, today we pick up again with the story of the life of Joseph. And today's lesson is entitled Prosperity in Spite of. Prosperity in Spite of. In today's lesson, we're going to zero in on Genesis 39, verse 2 and 3 to begin with. It reads like this from the King James Version. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hands. In today's session, we want to look at how God prospered him. And as we look at how God prospered Joseph, I want you to consider your own self and consider how God can also prosper you. Now, when Joseph arrived in Egypt, he no longer had his coat of many colors. He may have lost his coat, but his character was very much intact. The coat Jacob gave Joseph was a symbol of his position in the family. It marked him as the overseer. It marked him as the head of the family. It marked him as the one in charge of all things. It marked him as a man with authority. Joseph's authority did not come from a robe. His authority did not come from some piece of cloth. Joseph's authority came from his character. He was a godly young man who walked before his father in absolute integrity. When Joseph lost his coat, He lost nothing that made him a great man. Joseph's greatness did not come from the clothes on his body, but from the character of his heart. He may have worn the humble garments of a slave, but he was still a man of character and integrity. And you know what? We ought to have that same testimony. We need to be people of character and people of integrity. Some people are different depending on when you meet them. You meet them at the church and they're one person. You meet them in town and they're someone altogether different. I would suggest to you that we need to be the same people regardless of where we go. We should strive to do the right thing at all times. We should determine in our hearts that we will have a good attitude and demonstrate Christ-likeness all of the time. Now, let her be. When Joseph arrived in Egypt, he could have taken several paths. He could have adopted the ways and customs of his new land. He could have abandoned his God and embraced the polytheistic religion of Egypt. But Joseph stayed the course. You see, he may have been purchased by Potiphar, but Joseph belonged to God. He had already made up his mind how things would be in his life. It made no difference to Joseph whether he was in his father's house, in a pit, in the possession of slave traders, or in the house of his master. Joseph had purposed in his heart that he was always going to do the right thing. And that is just what he did. 
Joseph was a man of integrity regardless of the situation in which he found himself. Like Joseph, you and I need to establish some boundaries for our lives. We need to make up our minds that there are some things that we are just not going to do. Things like drinking, drugs, bad language, sex outside of marriage, pornography, gossip, you name it. Then when a situation arises, we do not have to debate it. We just know what we will and will not do. We have already made up our minds and the issue is settled. Let us see. Now we are told in verse number two that Joseph was a prosperous man. Verse three tells us that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Some might have looked at Joseph's advancement in the home of Potiphar as good luck. They see a young man like Joseph and he's had some bad breaks and then things turn around for him. Things start heading in the right direction and people look at that and they say, man, he sure is lucky. But I want you to know something. Luck has nothing to do with Joseph's success. In fact, there is no such thing as luck. Luck is for fairies, it's for gnomes, it's for spirits and other mythical creatures and mythical thinkers, not for the children of the living God. Joseph prospered because God blessed him. Joseph prospered because God saw in Joseph a man he could trust to do his will. What some would call luck in a person's life may be nothing more than the manifestation of a good, godly character. And maybe God blesses some people more than he does others because they have the right kind of character. Maybe they enjoy his blessings because they have integrity. Maybe they're blessed because he can trust them to do right. Letter D. What I want you to see here is this. Joseph was in a bad situation, but he still lived a life that was blessed by the Lord. And I am sure that his life was a life of endless drudgery and service, but he was faithful to his tasks. His character caused him to be faithful to his God and to his human master. As a result, God blessed him and his work. Now, here are two thoughts I don't want you to miss. Here's the first one. Just because you're going through trials and problems does not mean that God is not blessing you. You may not see how you might not see him moving in your life, but just trust him. And in his time, he will manifest his presence, his glory and his power. Joseph made the best of a terrible situation. He demonstrated a proper attitude in the midst of his trials. And so should we. The secret to happiness in the hard times is how you respond to what is happening to you. 90% of living a joyful life is simply responding well to your trials. Life is what you make it. You may have heard about the two grasshoppers that fell into a bucket of fresh milk. One was so upset that he quickly lost all of his hope. He sank and he drowned. The other tried so hard to get out, he kept kicking and kicking, and eventually he churned that milk into butter and hopped out of the pot. It's all about how you handle life. Either you will handle it 
or it will handle you. That great Baptist preacher, John Bunyan, was thrown into prison in the 17th century in England for preaching the gospel without a license. He spent 12 years in jail because he would not promise the court that he would stop preaching if he was to be released. He could have become discouraged by so long of an imprisonment, but John Bunyan was a man of character and integrity. And while he was in jail, he had a stool that had three legs. He removed one of the legs and carved a flute out of that leg. And he would use that flute to play gospel songs. While in jail, Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress, which is an allegory of the Christian life. It is the second largest selling book in history. Only the Bible has sold more copies. John Bunyan could have given up. Instead, he used his trial as a place to glorify his God. In turn, God blessed him. By the way, the Lord is still looking for men and women of faith, character and integrity. He's still looking for people that he can use in these days to get glory and honor to his name. And you may be wondering, while Joseph is operating with all of this amount of intense integrity, What's going on with this boss? Well, let's look at Genesis 39, verse 4 through 6 to find out. From the King James Version, it reads like this in Genesis 39, 4. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he had put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, which means he didn't even know all that he had, except the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Now in these verses, we see thirdly how God promoted him. God promoted him. Letter A. Potiphar saw that the hand of God was upon the life of Joseph in verse number three, chapter 39. He knew there was something special about this Hebrew slave. As he watched Joseph work, and as he saw the results of his work, Potiphar saw that everything Joseph touched turned to gold. Potiphar promoted Joseph and made him the overseer of his entire household. Joseph was in control of everything that happened in Potiphar's house and in his business interests as well. Potiphar learned that he could trust Joseph to do the right thing. He discovered that Joseph was a man of industry and integrity. He was a worker who did the best job that he could for his master. Joseph served Potiphar like he was serving the Lord. Now there's a word here for every person who's listening to me right now. We all answer to someone. 
Whoever that person or group of people is, we should give them our best at all times. That means giving eight hours of work if that's our schedule for eight hours of pay. That means doing what they tell you without a complaint and without an attitude. And the same is true when it comes to being led in the church by spiritual leaders. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have the rule over you in the Lord, for they watch for your soul. It goes on to say that it is to your advantage to be obedient and submissive to your pastor and spiritual leader so that you will not bring grief to their souls because that would be unprofitable for you. So that means serving your employer or leader like you're serving the Lord. It means working with industry and integrity for the glory of God. Now, letter B. Like cream, Joseph continues to rise to the top. Regardless of the situation in which he finds himself, he walks with integrity, seeking to glorify his God. And it showed in his everyday life. Even Potiphar, the pagan Egyptian, saw something different in the life of Joseph. Joseph didn't have to blow his trumpet and tell Potiphar that he was a believer. The life he lived proclaimed the glory of his God. And Potiphar saw for himself the influence of God in the life of Joseph. The touch of God on his life opened the door for Joseph to share his faith with Potiphar. The same thing ought to be true of us. The lives we live should be so different from the world around us that the mark of God's favor will be clear to see. Finally, let us see. Joseph lived a godly life. Joseph lived a godly life. He glorified God and God promoted him and used him in a powerful way. Well, God used the sorrows of Joseph's life to shape him into the man he desired him to become. The trials Joseph faced and the trials you and I face are not easy. They do, however, teach us to depend on God. Our trials help us to maintain a tender and compassionate heart. Our trials teach us the value of tears. Our trials make us useful to the Lord. We should never seek to shun the trials of life. In shunning our trials, we are also shunning the best of God's blessings in this life. A.W. Tozer once said, it is doubtful that God ever used anyone greatly without first hurting them deeply. Some poet penned the following words, and they fit very well right here. And I quote, I walked a mile with pleasure and she chattered all the way, but left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow and ne'er a word said she, but all the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. We want to be used, but we do not want the heartaches that come first. I'm afraid 
that we cannot have the one without the other. They seem to go hand in hand. Now, here's a final word of encouragement. No matter how hard the way of life becomes, if you are saved, the same thing that was said about Joseph is true about you. And the Lord was with him. You do not face trials alone. You do not walk through your valleys alone. Every step you take, you are in the path of divine providence. And God is in the business of protecting you, prospering you, and promoting you for his glory. Oh, I surely hope that you enjoyed this teaching as much as I enjoyed delivering it to you. Be sure to grab a hold of the free PDF handout that accompanies this teaching. It has personal Bible discovery questions that will enable you to delve deeper into your thinking and apply the teachings of this lesson to your everyday life. This is Clear Studies with Bishop A. Reginald Lippman, where we're learning the word with simplicity. If you'd like to join my e-class, I'd love to have you. It's very simple. Send an email right now to clearstudies at gmail.com. Again, that's clearstudies at gmail.com. And in the memo, just write these words, sign me up, and we will queue up and bring you into the e-class so that you can be a part of these exciting and exhilarating Bible studies. <laughs>